This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 566 with guest Kevin Schoonover, recorded on March 16th, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation. All for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy at TV Studios here in a weird Bellevue, Nebraska. It was 56 yesterday and it snowed with like 40 mile an hour winds today. I don't know. It's a weird time in the spring. Of course, we'll post a show with world class show notes at theaveragueguy.tv. Uh, don't forget this episode's affiliate sponsor is Nespresso. Use the code MQU328. Get $40 off any machine purchase as well as a free capsule dispenser. If you're drinking terrible coffee, stop, stop doing it. You don't, you don't have to do it. Like it doesn't have to be done. You could get better coffee, super easy, a step above the Keurig, pretty good stuff. You know, the, the pods are a buck and a quarter, a buck 35 each. Great way to do it. Great coffee. Check it out. Nespresso.com. Use the code MQU326. Get 40 bucks off that first machine. In Springs coming up, uh, Kevin, we have... Uh, Mark Robson coming here in, I don't know, four, five, six weeks. So we're going to talk barbecuing. Um, we we also have an affiliate relationship now with Meter. So if you head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Meter, and if you haven't tried one of those out, you know, that's just one of those probes you stick in. You get internal, mm-hmm. external temp. And uh, for all your grilling stuff, you got you have big summer grilling plans? Or do you, are you big, you get out there and get some stuff done? I definitely do, but I've I've been kind of behind the trends with smokers and other things. I'm still mostly a charcoal guy and uh, got a couple old charcoal grills we keep going, tend to uh, bank things off that way. So that's been pretty good. Thinking about a smoker, heading, heading that direction. The, the, since we got the smoker last May, I have made a ton of beef jerky. Like that has Mm. been, I didn't see that coming. But during the summer, I'll make beef jerky once or twice a week, you know, get a London broil. I've been finding some reasonable deals on Mm -hmm. London broils, right? Get a London broil, slice it up, soak it in a marinade overnight, pull it out the next day, throw it on the smoker at smoke temperature. So like 200, let it go six hours, whatever, to whatever you like. Mm -hmm. And then I just eat it before it is even off the grill. (laughs) I I start eating it right from the grill. It's pretty great. Have you ever, oh, yeah. you ever, you ever, have you had fresh beef jerky that oh, way yeah. before? Yep. One of our neighbors does uh, beef jerky. And when you mentioned getting deals on it, uh, we've got two local butcher shops, family run, and he's struck up a relationship with the one guy that he gets the text message of, Hey, I've got some, got, got to be sold today. Beef come and get it. Yeah. So he ends uh, up with some yeah. pretty good deals. Yeah. Uh, Pretty good deals that route. That's a good, that's a good way to do it. I kind of watch the, I've been watching the grocery stores. I can get, you know, London broil for like five bucks a pound. If you mm-hmm. watch for the, if you watch for the sales, which is pretty good pricing. I think you could buy it at Costco here in the United States. Costco has some pretty good deals on, on beef. And so a great way to doing it. Well, if you haven't jumped in on the meter and you want to, you're thinking about it, maybe the spring, check out the average guy.tv slash meter. And then big thanks to Jay Franzi, who joined us last week. If you didn't catch it, all chat GPT. And so if you want to jump in and get that done, of course, they've released chat GPT four this week out and available. And if you want to check that out, we, we didn't cover that, but uh, that, that is out. Check it out. Now post it out at theaveragecat.tv. And then, of course, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. If you're finding value in this podcast and you want to uh, get trade some value for value, we've got some Patreon plans, five bucks a month. No commitment. You can do it one month or whatever you want to do. And then we have a bunch of folks that do it every single month. Thanks for your Patreon sponsorship as well. I mentioned a little bit earlier, but Kevin Schoonover is here. Hey, Kevin, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, a little little last minute. We moved Uyghur to next week because of some scheduling conflicts. And then you just happened to post in Discord, hey, I'm thinking of buying some stuff. And, of course, in December, I kind of went through this exercise where I kind of took the build, threw it out there and said, you know, Hey, what do you think? Um, you put the part lists out there. Have you gotten much feedback on that? Any, any, any thoughts or a l- uh, little bit, um, a couple of, you know, 
kicking our own questions, a uh, couple of messages back and forth. So, uh, and, and like with anything, I, I used to feel like I, uh, you know, kind of knew where all the sweet spots are and where everything yeah. should be. And as of the past couple of years, I've just not followed it as close as I had in the past and uh, wanted to get a feel, you know, kind of the normal things is I have a ballpark idea what I'm looking at, but I, I would, I would hate to, you know, pick a video card and, and later realize if I'd spent $50 more or a hundred dollars more, it would have been more, uh, you know, it w- would have been a better fit for VR or, you know, better fit for other things. So, uh, and I think some of the, the things we've been hit with lately is so, you know, kind of configuring up two of them. Um, my, uh, I'm going to mess up the name here, but my, my, my son picked up a, a game, I think it was red Dawn, uh, it'll come to me. Uh, it, it was it was through Steam, but oddly, most of what he plays is on Steam. So he got Red Dawn Redemption. I knew I'd get it. Um, he got it through Steam, but uh, we went to download it and is 120 gig. And his SSD was saying, no, don't got 120 gig. So we, we quick uh, picked up a crucial one terabyte SSD copied him over. Um, I I'm, I'm pleasantly amazed at the latest version of a Cronus that they give away for you to use to copy mm-hmm. drives. Um, did a wonderful job. Uh, so we got him up to date there and got him playing the game, got him going good. And then he called me over his, his card is a 1060, uh, three gig of memory on it. Mm-hmm. And first time ever, he's getting a warning from the game saying, Hey, you're getting a little low on video memory. So mm-hmm. between the SSD, the, and the, the graphic card realizing that's eh, probably a good time to step up into a, a bigger, better system. Yeah. And that 1060 is probably not very old, three, four years old, maybe. Right. <laughs> you know, I think four I bought five, that. Maybe? I think I bought that one. It's probably four years old now because it seems like yeah. I bought it uh, pre-pandemic, right before yeah. they started skyrocketing in price. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was still a reasonable deal. And they were, yeah, they were reasonable. Crypto was happening, but it wasn't totally affecting the right. the prices of them yet. And so, so yeah, well, you get a you get a little. Um, I, I and I think now is a good time. I I mean, I went through this purchase. I went through all these purchase options back in November, and I think I hit the sweet spot. They've all everything's gone up in price since then. Now mm-hmm. they've pulled back a little bit. There's been like I saw one terabyte SSD NVMe nine sixties uh, for like a hundred nine bucks, which is mm-hmm. back to those were some. I think that's what I paid for it. So for some of those components, we're starting to see some of those prices come back. I would say if you're in the PC build space right now build a parts list. You've done that at Newegg, but build a parts list somewhere and then just kind of monitor it and buy it over time. Are you in a hurry, Kevin? Like, is this something you need to do right now? You're talking about building two. You threw out an Intel and an AMD. Are you Mm -hmm. comparing the two? Are you going to build two separate ones and why AMD for one and Intel for the other? Talk a little bit about that. Um, Actually, I started off with the one for the sun, and then I realized as I'm locking up here a little bit once in a while, my my daily my I hate to say daily driver. I spend so much time on my work laptop. I don't do much compute here anymore. But this thing is is way long in the tooth. It's an older i uh, i five sixteen gig of memory, and it's just seen better days and I'm, and I'm starting to do a little gaming myself. So uh, it's probably two machines. Um, Intel AMD was just kind of, Hey, if I'm going to do, do something, it might be time to play with one in each camp, seeing as I'm likely to build two machines uh, and kind of see where things fit. I think the, the other side of it is I, I was sitting there, uh, ran a couple errands one morning. Um, my wife and I have a bad uh, habit of, uh, I don't know if caribou coffee is down your oh, way, yeah. but yeah. well, it used to, no, they they used to be in Omaha, no more. Uh, so, uh, caribou's are, are local, uh, yeah. choose it over Starbucks Two two large mochas is 12 bucks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm probably there every day. And as I'm sitting in line, I'm thinking, I, I spend thousands of dollars a year 
buying coffee at a yeah. coffee shop, I think I should shell out a thousand bucks and get myself a decent computer that's not yeah. four or five years old. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Kind of, kind of the logic of spending money got the better of me. Yeah, when you put it together that way or you start thinking about it, I, I was in the same boat. You know, I had an eight or nine-year-old Core i7 that I'd put together, 32 gig of RAM that I'd started at 16 and thought that was a lot back then. And it probably was. And Max is out at 32. And, you know, that thing worked great for a while. I got the Mac for this kind of purpose, but for podcasting and stuff like that. But I, I wanted kind of a gaming uh, computer. It was a great experience to price it all out, build it, put it together. Big thanks. Like Ryan sent me a, um, a cooler to try with it. So I still think it's a lot of fun. I, I don't, we don't talk about builds quite, quite like we used to. We used to spend a lot of time on home server show talking about builds and such. Oh, yeah. And when we get together, um, but man, that beer is getting to me here. It's making me burp, <laughs> making me burp, getting some beer burping going on. Um, but it's been fun over the last you know, a couple months to, for my build. And then when you, when you said you were going to do this, mm -hmm. so are you, are you set on, you're going to do one and the other for this, or are you thinking, are you going to go with, like, if you're convinced to go Intel, will you do both Intel or both AMD? Yeah, I what? think, I think I'm going to do one, one of each. Okay. I'm, I think I'm going to do an Intel and an AMD just so I can get some comparatives from a, a, a use case point of view. Yeah. Um, kind of see where I end up with it. It's, it is interesting. Cause I, I, I've over the years I've gotten, whether it's home servers or home PCs, I've gotten overly enamored with keeping it small. You know, the, the days of an ATX case where if I, uh, you know, wanted to add something to it, it was, there's plenty of adding card slots to add other things to it. Um, I just don't want to, I don't want to have a big, huge box taking up space under my desk or on my desk or whatever else. Uh, but of course the thing with choosing like mini ITX is you arguably you have no adding card slots because the one adding card slot gets gobbled up by a GPU and you really have to find everything else on the board. Um, I think you kind of touched on it when you were looking at systems is, uh, Okay, so I got, you know, with an ITX board, I got no place to plug in Wi-Fi, so I got to get Wi-Fi on it. Yeah. And the farther I go up the food chain, I don't really need Wi-Fi 6, but that's what comes with this Not better totally. system. Yeah. 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 And and uh, Ethernet port, I might use an Ethernet port, and it's 2.5 gig now, so hey, that's cool. You know, I've got ports to handle that downstairs. Um, the other thing from my point of view for these two motherboards I picked out without necessarily realizing it right off the bat is um, both of them have really pretty decent audio chips or audio subsystems in them. And as a benefit for my, it was one of those things that I didn't, I didn't have it on my list of requirements, but both of these have optical ports for audio. And I've, I've kind of waffled back and forth between two speaker systems with my PC and uh, both of them have optical inputs. So that's, that's a big plus for me. So, um, and probably ends up being a more expensive motherboard than I would normally look towards, but it really ends up checking off all the, all the boxes for me. Well, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, when you think about the the board itself, and I, I think the boards have, well, and they've always kind of been this way, but they've, they they are, like, they're really good now. Like, mm. as I was looking at motherboards and and the everything that comes on them, you know, you're like, uh, and, and by the way, if you're listening to the podcast version or the YouTube version of this. We'll have I'll have a list of everything Kevin is thinking about in the show notes. So head out to theaverageguy.tv slash HGG566, and uh, we'll have a complete list, of, a part list out there. Live folks, you'll have to kind of follow along with us. But I, I guess as I was looking at this, one of the things that I had, uh, um, the, what I was impressed with is just the quality of the motherboards. Now, it, 10 years ago, we were paying, you know, 100 bucks for a motherboard was a lot you're paying two to 300 now, mm -hmm. but I think you get more, right? I mean, as you look at those, they're better boards, right? Yep. Yeah. If you look at uh, what these guys come with, they're better boards to start with. As I said, you know, 
top of the line Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi six. I think one of them has Wi-Fi six E, um, better quality um, Ethernet ports, which not a huge cost there, but uh, nice to have it built in. Um, the audio systems in some of these are far beyond. If not, not that I'll head in this direction, but a lot of these better boards uh, will do surround sound. You know, you, you can get Dolby five or Dolby five one decoding on them. Um, most of them now have uh, two um, uh, uh, NVMe ports on them for M.2 cards. Yeah. So if you want to yeah, put them down with, with memory. Um, and, and once again, we're talking about ITX. So little, small, you know, form factor, small in size. So mm-hmm. uh, they tend to tend. Yeah. So I think you're right. You get a better board, you get more stuff on it. And uh uh, you know what they tend to be well-built boards. Yeah. 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 That's at least that's what I've seen. By the mm-hmm. way, I'd encourage you to go six E on them. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of six was kind of feels like it was intermediate and then six yep. E uh, came along. And, and I think that's at least uh, from what I've seen. And I think you're right. I think the other decision I had to make was just how many M.2 slots do I want on the board? Yeah. Right. Some of the lower end boards are going to come with two. They're going to come with a Gen 4 and a Gen 3. Some of the higher end boards are going to come with four Gen 4s or two two Gen 4s and two two Gen 3s, whatever. Have you thought from a hard drive configuration on them, how, how are you going to stack the storage space on these, field, on these builds? Uh, yeah, I think I think two is going to be fine for it um, on both these just from a starting point. And I think... I got to go double check on these. I think both of these support PCIe uh, version four. And so I think both of the uh, builds I've picked out, uh, you know, one just to take, you know, kind of fill a slot. um, I'm figuring uh, two terabyte drives. I picked a crucial P3 plus for one and a Solodyne P41 for the other one. Um, And uh, I've had good luck with both those um, for folks who maybe aren't familiar with the name Solodime, that is um, Intel sold their flash uh, drive group off to SK Hynix. And this is the, the mutual company now is called Solodime. Um, So, yeah. And then I, I tend to just all my life, I've kind of thrown in an extra drive in computers to have a place to park stuff, uh, things that maybe I don't want to um, have on my main drive with with my stuff so uh i might throw i've I've got a couple of spare one terabyte drives laying around that i might throw in as spares um otherwise you know 50 50, you know 100 bucks will get you a decent two terabyte drive these days so for sure yeah Yeah. uh flash is uh is pretty plentiful right now so like you were saying i i kind of reflect back on this you know things used to be a lot cheaper but right now, I think things are cheaper than they were a year or two ago. So, you know, oh, Flash, sure. yeah, yeah. Flash was so hard to come by. So, um, you know, I, I think things have gotten kind of back to a certain level of normalcy. I think so. When you were talking about uh, extra storage, are you, you going to put that just on an SSD or are you thinking about a spinner in there for yeah. for just space? Just uh, just an SSD. I've still yeah. got uh, um, a still got an unraid system downstairs and uh mm-hmm. and for all of jim's fans out there i still have a drobo downstairs <laughs> that still works <laughs> still works still works that's good mine gave up the ghost twice broke mm. i fixed it broke again was so it I the just, was I, it the power switch board, no the board went okay the board went yeah, yeah the, the, the temporary power button on the on the five nas yeah. is, is a kind yeah. of a known known kind of a deal yeah, I just kind of moved on. You know, I mm-hmm. took those drives out, put them in them. I built, you know, big storage racks that we're doing crypto stuff on. And I was just sure. like, it's fine. It's fine. It's a lot more efficient that way. Um, okay. So, you know, probably a two terabyte M.2, a two terabyte or whatever you have, a one terabyte SSD for just kind of kind of garbage storage. You've got internal networking storage if you if you need more space, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. When you're thinking memory right now, like, what's your thoughts on that? If you're building a PC, I, you know, I did the Max 128, which seems a little ridiculous, but every PC I've ever built, I've always ended up taking it to the Max. Mm-hmm. And it, I've always had a hard time finding that memory 
to do that later. And I just kind of thought, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take it to 128. What's your thoughts on memory? If it fits in your budget, I think you max it out. And 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 I that's one of the things in these two builds. Uh, once again, a put a little bit of a potential drawback in that uh, ITX boards just have two memory slots. At least these just have two memory slots. So I started with um, 32 gig on e- each of them. Um, I think both of them max out at 64. I, I likely will take them up to 64 and I agree with your logic is, um, uh, you know, so the machine that I'm working on right now is uh, an older machine at 16 gig and that's maxed out. So back in the day, that was a lot of memory for a, you know, an older generation Intel box. But I, I think now, you know, I noticed my work laptop initially came with eight gig of memory and a i7 and you get a lot of windows open. It's, it's not enough. So I would say six, 16 for a working PC is kind of a bare minimum these days. Um, 32 is maybe call it a sweet spot. 64 is I'm planning on keeping this thing for a while. So I'm going to, I'm going to buy ahead a little bit on it. Yeah. We, I just got a brand new laptop today at work. Just mm. ironically, it, ca- it kind of came in a latitude Dell latitude 7430, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Core i5, you're pretty much your standard, you know, laptop, not nothing fancy. I don't do a lot of fancy stuff on it, so I don't need a fancy laptop. 16 gig of RAM, which we go in three year cycles with those, so we buy mm-hmm. them three years in, warranties up we trade them in right at that point and oftentimes sell them to the sell them back to the employees. My, uh, my Lenovo think, think pad. No, mm-hmm. think, think, think pad. Is that what called? Yep. Think pad. Yeah. <laughs> was getting really bad. Like, and I've had that for three years. Um, got it just before the pandemic started and today it just shut off. Like it was, I'm in the middle of something and poof, not reboot. <laughs> just whoop went off and I'm like, okay, I had been limping this thing along for a couple months thinking, okay, I'm up. eventually I got a new one coming. I'll just wait. I'll, I don't want to be one of those kinds of guys. Right. So, but today I, I went down, I'm like, okay, you got to replace this thing. And they, <laughs> Evan, it was crazy. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like from, I need a new one to here you go. And everything is set up and working and imaged and, and like 20 minutes, these guys had this, a new, this, a new one in my yeah. hand to take with me, not like here's a loner for 20 minutes. Like here's your PC with everything you need in 20. It was crazy how fast that oh, yeah. was, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, well the, the, the tools have gotten a lot better. And actually, yeah. I'll, probably, I'll, I'll probably put a post up on Discord. So my work laptop is four years old and it's showing its age. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're a small enough company that the IT department really doesn't pick laptops. So I've kind of been told, you know, I, I, I kind of had to do the, uh, I'm VP of engineering. I'd kind of like, uh, I'd, I'd kind of like a cool laptop. So, yeah, and of course yeah. they countered with, well, what do you want? And then I'm like, well, I'm not prepared to tell you. So let, right. let me, let me go figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's 16. I mean, the, the, the ThinkPad had 16, but that was 16 from three years ago. This thing's blazing out the door. It's just nice to have a new computer, right? Oh, yeah. You know, you're, Yep. You're like, everything's working in zippy. I mean, stuff was skipping. My team's video was, was max headroom. I mean, it was terrible. Uh, I was, all my friends or all my coworkers were like, dude, you, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to be patient. I'm just trying to be patient. So you're going to go 16. You, you talked about your son, maybe yep. doing some gaming, oh, right? Going, you, going, going 32. Right oh, now. you are going 32. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Okay. Um. Uh. Good. So yeah, I was going to say, any thought to, I mean, I think 32 for gaming for a kid that is probably not going to do much more than that. But for you, do you, do you really want to think maybe more about like 64? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, probably doing 64 for myself, okay. maybe 64 on both of them. We'll, we'll yeah. see how the numbers end up on them. Yeah, I, I think 32 is good just to be for, for even for gaming. Although that being said. There may, we may be moving into an era with gaming. Who knows what's coming with AI where, 
you know, it might, it might make more sense. You, I think, uh, the price on 32 right now was 140. No, that's the SSD. Uh, let's find that memory. 137 yeah. for 32 gig. Right. And so you're talking, you know, 260 for, for 64. And I think that's, this is just a little bit more than I paid, you know, back mm-hmm. in December. Um, I got a pretty good deal on it, I think. Or maybe even this could be a, even a little bit cheaper. Memory and hard drives seem to be back in line with some some decent pricing if you're if you're doing that right now. Um, you from from a gaming perspective, what are you thinking from the GPU? Like where I, I you know what what are your thoughts on on those cards? Um good good question is for compatibility so my son's been on a nvidia and i could probably stay that route um no particular reason but if i do an amd cpu build for him i might do an amd uh, a radeon graphic card Mm -hmm. um that's an area where i'm i just to get these builds kind of going i'm doing a 6600 xt 8 gig board um Probably price-wise, a, a 6650 seems to be a nice jump up, but you know I'm, I'm kind of weighing it out there as well. Um, the, the big thing is I think he might start getting into VR a bit more, so I might want to jump that up quite a bit. What, uh, what did you settle on in your build for a video card? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I went NVIDIA 3060. 3060? Okay. 8 gig. Okay. Yeah, and it works good. with VR. It works just fine. Yeah, I'm, yep. I'm barely pushing it. So I think I paid 400 for that card. Sure. And uh, like right now, the the uh, 660s, or yeah, are um, two two seventy five, right? From the yep. the the Radeon cards, the RX 6600. So, so the card, yeah, yeah the the cards I'm looking at are in the I want to say the two fifty three hundred kind of range yeah. probably 250 yeah. 275 yeah. um the other one that i specced in there is just um uh is is one of the newer intel based cards an a770 uh 8 gig uh performance wise specs they get good reviews and I, I i have props to kind of do a do a point here this is where jim would say yeah but kev why why do you want to risk it on an intel video card that nobody's used before or few people have used before. And that's where I would say, well, Jim, you know, I thought about that as I was looking at my Microsoft Zune <laughs> setting here. Nice. That's still Nicely works. done. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh and as I put that down, I looked up and I thought, well, I used to be into uh voice activation stuff with my UB. Yeah, okay, I remember any, we did a show on that. We did a show on UB <laughs> at the time. I got to work with the developer at UB Mm -hmm. to come up with some really cool uh, things to uh, uh, do, do note-based applications. So I, 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 I for my own detriment, I think I try to give the underdog a bit of a chance and, and dive in on some of these. Um, And of course, arguably right now, Intel is not aggressively trying to buy market share, but um, you know the the 770 cuts into some of the upper end. It, it, it seems to be more like a $350 card, and as you can see on the screen, this one's at 320-ish right now. Sometimes they're a bit less than that. So um, we'll we'll see. I would say in both cases for graphic cards on these, um, I'm probably going to bump up into the 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 over 300, probably closer to. 325 350 maybe range um so that i'm much like our memory discussion i'd hate to go cheap on it and then find out that you know i i just undershot being able to do you know bigger better things so well i think on the intel graphics card like that's going to be your card right and so you're not going to be a game you're not going to need as much game compatibility you're going to be doing a few things on it you you want some power there Yep. This will give you plenty for kind of the, some of the things you're going to be doing. It should be just fine. Regular GPU stuff. Mm-hmm. The the thing I like about this call is there's not a lot of folks using them. <laughs> it yeah. gives you, like you said, gives you a chance to give it a try. You can always sell it, 
right? That's right. one of those kinds of things. Like you can pull it out. It's not like the board or the chip. You can pull it out and sell it if you don't like it. I think it's much harder to, you know, take a chance on a CPU mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, and then ditch that thing. I mean, you can. I just think it's harder. With the GPU, you can just pull that thing out and sell it. So I like it. I looked at these and actually, to be honest, with as little gaming as I've done since I bought this, since I built this thing, I probably could have gotten away with with an Intel. <laughs> you know, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos and some other things. I I ran some, you know, I ran some of that folding stuff on it just to kind of test it out, do some fun stuff with it. I've played some flight simulator. All that stuff would play just fine on those, right? On some of those. Oh, yeah. I bought a PC gaming pass to, for this and I have an Xbox, although Microsoft's doing an Xbox trade-in program right now. I may take advantage of trade the old one in by the new one. They're, they've now they're back in stock. They're, they're coming up with all these things. And then I think, Jim, you're not even using the Xbox you have. Why would you, why would you do stu- a stupid thing like that? Well, it's because what we do, right? It's what, it's what we, it's, it's what, what we, we do. do. Yeah, and and actually, you know, kind of a, an observation I make, and it's a dated observation and our, our chat room here is probably all well beyond this, but um, back in, it was probably 2019 when I bought uh, the, the 1060 for my kid. Um, it, it was sort of a whim kind of a thing, building him up a, a, a kind of his first gaming computer. And I popped that in there. And at the time, very, very much into um, some of the uh, Stardew Valley on on Steam and games like that, and then Minecraft. And it was all the deals where I put the card in, got it up and running, got his monitors plugged into it. And I kind of just walked away as he was playing with it. And I came back later and I'm kind of like, you know, I, I, I did the double take because it's like, you know, Minecraft looks a whole lot better on, on this card, even though it's eight bit graphics. Oh, the Sims, he he plays a lot of Sims Mm. and looking at the Sims on a decent graphic card, it was like, you know, I hadn't expected when I was thinking of gaming cards, I was thinking of the, the bigger shoot 'em up games that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the kids are playing. Um, I wasn't thinking about Minecraft and the Sims and Stardew Valley, but they, they look great, you know? So I I think even a good basic card can really um, make a difference on a lot of these, uh, 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 you know, more standardized games. Yeah. Well, Ryan and Bob over at Think Computers, like I was, I was tempted to go more, even more like a 3070 or do I, do I get in on the 4,000 series? And they were like, uh, 3060 be fine <laughs> for me. They, I mean, those guys really, they know me. Then they're just like, yeah, 30. And to be honest, I probably could have gone down a little bit. I'm glad I got the card. I'm glad I have it. It's a great build. This box is going to last me a long time. I got a lot. Sure. It's got a lot going for it. Kind of built it with expansion in mind. There's just a lot of things I like about it. Um, and so, yeah, I felt like I made a good decision. I have no regrets uh, from that <laughs> standpoint, but it, it is, I think it's a, it's a good consideration. I think you're in the right. I think that three in GPUs, I think that three to 500 spot is good. And you kind of mm-hmm. just say at some point you're just like, okay, where's the end of the internet for me on this graphics card? What, what am I really expecting out of it? And, and I think let's talk about CPUs for a second because you're thinking like an Intel i5, and then you're looking at a at a um, for the AMD build you were looking at a Ryzen five. You're looking at the 7600. I got the 5600. Okay. And at a really good price point, like I really like that lower price point. But as you're thinking about CPU versus GPU, certainly your son may be more game intensive where the GPU is more important, but you would probably be using the CPU more. Is that right? Do you think, and would you go Intel for you and AMD for him? What What are your thoughts there? That's what I'm kind of leaning on right now uh, is, is AMD for him and Intel for me. Um, and actually the, the CPUs are kind of what I started at um, and just doing some quick web searching, you know, the, the Google search for um, sweet spot for gaming GPUs or, or not GPU, CPU, sweet spot or bang for the buck in gaming um, CPU. And these are the two that came up. 
you know, ba- basically it was, hey, the 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 Intel Core i5 13400 is a great dollar, you know, uh, ratio kind of kind of uh, um, fits the bill. You know, good for most applications. Um, and then the Ryzen 5 7600X, I think the 7600 was the recommendation, but at the time I was looking at it, um, most places had, uh, like a, a discount on 7600X. So I just kind of bumped it over to the X to, uh, offer it up. Yeah. 243. So very much price in the same ballpark. I think in gaming applications, the 7600 seems to do a little bit better job than the, uh, than the I five, but they, they seem to be in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That X, that X version is a good one to go with. And, um, they've got a 3d version too, if on the gaming side, right. I, I think there's even a 5,600 3d that on the AMD side, it's kind of optimized for gaming. That may be mm-hmm. one to look at. They're a little more expensive, but, mm-hmm. but same version, but you get a little more, a uh, little more optimized for gaming on that. I, again, talked with with bob and ryan about that like yeah no the x is just fine for you but <laughs> as you're thinking about that gaming build that may be one to, that's worth worth taking a look at just because it's a little more optimized for gaming than mm-hmm. than the other one um are you uh, you know um amd certainly on the on the cpu side has done a lot of things with threading and cores and you know some of those pieces. Oh. Intel is a little behind on that and they've got these efficiency cores and these, you know, other cores. We, with, with this idea of AI and some neural processing, these N cores that are, they're they're starting to talk about. Are you any, from a future proofing standpoint on these CPUs, you worried about that at all? I mean, we, we do seem to be on the cusp Mm -hmm. of some advancements on the CPU side. You might, you may have more for what you do. You may have more insight to that than I do. Any th- any thoughts about future proofing on because your board and CPU are going to stay together forever once right. you put them together right. Right, for the most part. Any thoughts on that? No, you know I think that's um, I, I I'm not too worried about that for home use right now because of you know if it's AI related stuff, um, the industry tends to use GPUs for AI related activity. So they tend to pop into that. Although um, Google and a few other folks have come out with more entry level, you know, in that broad subject area of AI um, guys like Intel uh, and Xilinx who do uh, field programmable Gatorade products, they come out with boards with those chips on it to, you know, do, do more acceleration. Um, interesting thing with the AMD Intel deal in, in my day job. So I I work for a company who's a systems integrator. Um, so we end up manufacturing products for, uh, most of it's it related people. But if you, you know, if you, you think of a, a Cisco firewall, if we took the top cover off a Cisco firewall, it's a bunch of boards and a bunch of chips all made by Cisco. If we went to one of Cisco's competitors that we build for, we'd quickly realize that Cisco Firewall is a super micro server with Intel network cards and a Broadcom accelerator and it's off the shelf components and their value add is the software that they put on it. Mm. The AMD Intel thing is kind of many of our customers uh, just was on a call right before this with one of our company, one of our clients that builds storage arrays. And what they're running into is um, to get enough PCIe lanes in their current design, they have to do a dual processor Intel. So they they have two Mm -hmm. Xeon processors Mm -hmm. in there, but what they're coming to realize is they're, they've got more than enough CPU. So right now they're buying silver Xeons because they don't need the performance. Um, AMD is very intriguing to them because even though the AMD individual processor would be more money, they only need one of them. So what what we're on a quest for them is to try and find um, a single socket AMD server board uh, that meets their performance requirements. And oddly enough, the single socket AMD still has enough PCIe lanes. So basically mm-hmm. in many designs, a single CPU AMD has the performance of two Intel or close enough for this customer. 
Uh, and then the issue is, well, how many PCIe lanes does it have? Two Intels versus one AMD, and AMD is kicking butt in PCIe mm-hmm. lanes right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, from mm-hmm. a from a home point of view, I think I'm fine. But it, uh, we're we're kind of living that one every day. And and folks who normally probably would not have looked at AMD for their core architecture are really taking it serious now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, because of that, I'd look at an i7 on the Intel side as opposed to an i5 for, mm-hmm. from a home build standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that being said, I guess it depends what your home build is. But is there a temptation on the if you're going to go Intel to just go ahead and drop an i7 in there instead of an i5? But possibly that was, it was kind of one of my next steps in, in the Intel version of this build was just to price out the difference of what it would take to get up to an i7, just to get a little more horsepower there. So all, all kind of options I'm looking at on that one is bumping to an i7 on the CPU, going to 64 gig on the memory, and then popping up to a 16 gig version of the uh, graphic card. Yeah. So just some some hops there. That probably takes me up um probably to 1250 instead of the thousand kind of dollar yeah. point I'm yeah. at right now. Yeah. But um, you know, it but but still once again I seem to spend about three thousand dollars a year on coffee. <laughs> so if really? if so spending twelve hundred dollars for a computer when right. time tells that I keep a computer for about four years, um, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually I think the home builds we do because they're so much more versatile, 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 versatile. There we go. Then, um, then a, a custom or or a, you know an off the shelf. Mm-hmm. I think you get a little bit longer life out of them because you can. You oh, know, you I do. Think you can. There's there's more things you can do with them, or and or you can retire them and move them down into other. That's kind of I've made a lot of those. Uh, where we just move them down to, they become storage servers or they, you know, whatever they become a router, you know, in some, mm-hmm. in some regards that, that works that way. Um, yeah, I think, um, when I, when I weighed those two, I really love the AMD side of things. And it, it kind of reminds me, it's going to be a bad analogy, but it kind of reminds me of Intel being the Ford Mustang and maybe from the muscle car Mustang days where it was all engine and that's mm-hmm. all that mattered. Versus maybe like a, you know, maybe like a, you know, I don't, I don't even know a, a Toyota or a, a Honda Accord that it's got some power to it, but the rest of it works out really, really well. Right. And, and, you know, you're like, okay, so this is a whole car versus just a super powerful engine right now. Right. L- listen, I, you're, there's probably folks in their cars now screaming at me <laughs> with different, different examples. That's Okay. That's okay. You you fill in where you want to with that, and I, I'm sure it was a bad example. But it the the point being, I think AMD is probably today a better all around CPU. Mm-hmm. You know, just as you mentioned that power, you know, performance for cost and and power is right on that for what you're doing versus the Intel. Now they'll come back around, but mm-hmm. you know, Intel Intel will write the ship, maybe. <laughs> there oh, yeah. on that but um yeah i've i've really enjoyed the 56 i got that 5600x mm-hmm. and on that on that box it has just been delightful it's it has really it's it's really really worked out well it's been a really good box mm-hmm. um to to put that together okay so um but so and then price wise right i mean on those on those cpus you're also in that two to three hundred dollar range right that's right. kind of for both and you've got some movement i think CPUs are the area where I would, if I was shopping right now, I would watch for, for, for deals. Right. I mean, don't you, that just seems to be the right place to watch for deals right now. I know. What do you think? I full, fully agree. And actually that came up in the chat on uh, discord. Um, so all my links are from Newegg. I bought a lot of stuff at Newegg. Their configurator tool works really well. As long as I can get everything I want, I'm, likely to buy this from my local micro center because I, I, I love the fact that I still yeah. have a computer yeah, yeah. store I can go to. Yeah. And when you talk about pricing um, 
for for however Microsoft or Microsoft Micro Center does it, um, their bundles are really quite good. If you if you yeah. pick a CPU with them and a motherboard with them, they always seem to have a decent deal or some kind of combo deal. Um, if you throw memory in it, uh, you know the the they they just seem to have some really good bundle pricing at Micro Center. Yeah, yeah, it's good and it's good to support local. Oh yeah, you know. Good to make sure the local store is getting it. Jim Shoemaker is asking, he says, is it true that AMD um, cores can all run low power mode? Do you know? Uh, I don't do know. Not, I do not know. I I'd I have know. to, I'd have to check yeah, on that. Just a good question. There's been some, so AMD used to take a real beating on uh, poor laptop support. And I've just read a couple of um, things based on how they've, that could very well be how they're dealing with laptop. And then my other, you know, I, I didn't throw any links in here, but my other area of uh, a lot of interest is the, the, the minis, the, the Intel NUX, the little, the little mm-hmm. computer boxes. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, uh, Intel, it's way overpriced, but Intel has one of these little NUX that is an i7 and an a770 CPU in a box that is, you know, smaller than a cigar yeah. box you yeah. know so I, yeah. I have no idea how they get the heat out of that thing but it, they don't, uh, it, they, don't. <laughs> they go out faster i think this amd laptop that i have i just don't think it's vented like yep. it's, it got older and older and older i could hear the fans running more and more and more and oh, I, don't sure. know threw, I don't know if we threw more at it i mean we started using i mean I think the last three years we we started doing more teams more zoom Mm-hmm. right all those taking more and I, I just think i wore that thing out go oh, could very know? well be and and didn't it didn't cool well i think that's one of those things of course with your build you're going to get some options to do some much better cooling for these for both the gpu and the cpu mm-hmm. right kind of keep them that way i've kind of found man if you don't get that especially on some of this new stuff if you if you don't get that cooling right i think it really affects those chips over time and they just get they just get sloppy i know that's not the right word but that's what it feels like it's it's we could uh we if you'd like to do a weird show sometime uh another another thing that we're so back to my work, um, system integration, we are working a lot with liquid cooling guys. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, folks that have, you know, the traditional system of uh, custom cold plates on server processors and devices in the box to the whole other end of the spectrum, which is full immersion. Uh, we're, we're working with someone right now where we're going to help them make servers immersion ready, which means you go in and you take out all the rubber parts, you take the fans out of everything. Um, you have to work with the server vendor to, uh, make the onboard control, the IPMI and other functions understand that, Hey, there's no fans in here, but it's okay. Don't, don't freak out that there's no fans. Um, so it's, it's gotten to be really interesting how the, ma- the, the economics these guys have come up with around immersion, it's outrageously expensive because I'm going to sell you this huge tank full of um, non-conductive fluid um, uh, from 3M or numerous other vendors. Um, and uh, we're going to put servers in there and you're going to be able to crank them up twice as fast as they're running right now. And they're going to last longer than if you had air blown over them. Right. Right. Now, one of these, one of these companies, as I'm an old guy, I'm 62. Now, a lot of the young guys at one of these liquid cooling guys, I I was getting a little, I was getting a little shade about being an old guy. (laughs) And I I had to point out to them that liquid cooling is nothing new. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. when when did you first get exposed to liquid cooling? Mm -hmm. Uh, it was 1985, and they all look at me like, 1985, what are you talking about? I grew up in western Wisconsin. Have you heard of a company called Cray Research? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cray, Cray. Cray, Cray. Yeah. A friend of mine wrote diagnostics at Cray Research, and uh, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. took him to lunch one day, and he brought one of the new employees with, and, and it's like, oh, what do you do here at Cray? I'm a hydrologist. A hydrologist, what do you do? And he goes, I have to make little dams to to block uh, the dye 
Because at that time, they were buying Motorola 68000 processor die, soldering them straight on boards, and then dunking them into mm. uh, uh, inert to keep them cool. And he had to come up with the the little dams to keep the uh, inert <laughs> from knocking them off. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, you young kids, I do know stuff. <laughs> uh, Jim Shoemaker says, 62, old. <laughs> Just a kid. <laughs> Just a kid. I know I turned 55. Let's see, 55 this year. I think I'm 55. Is that right? 68. Yeah. 55 this year. So I'm a kid. I'm just a kid too. So yeah, you're, you're, yeah, it, it is, um, it, it is, yeah, it is one of those things where, and it, listen, it's always been this way. I don't, I don't want to make it feel like, or sound like I'm like, Oh, heat's a problem. I mean, it's always been a problem. But I think with a lot of the CPUs that we're getting, a lot of the loads we're putting mm-hmm. them on there, and then well, making sure they do have good, they do have good cool. I just think it helps, and I think this is the the cheap, and I shouldn't say cheap, but with some of the enterprise grade laptops that they're cranking out is what used to be workstations, right? We used to give people these workstations. We now give them these laptops because just everybody gets a laptop. I think mm-hmm. at least where I'm at. Um, and they're just not lasting as long. Like, True. and and you just like three or four years and they're done. And you're like, yep. why did this become such a piece of crap? Well, I think it's because of cooling. You know, I think those chips are just getting loose. Yep. You know, oh, very, in very, yeah. very, very much so. I, I think yeah. um, there's a lot of physics behind the damage that heat does. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting when you start talking to these liquid cooling guys, whether they're dual phase immersion single phase or or cold plate um i didn't think about it till you get in a conversation with them but all the computer stuff you and i are talking about right now this was designed for airflow mm-hmm. the whole the whole reason you know you think about the standard of how far apart cards are in an atx system well part of that is to have enough room for air to flow in between them and keep them cool um why why is the cpu and the memory got to be positioned the way it is well you got to have room for a heat sink to cool the cpu and you got to have room for air to move over the memory as soon as air is out of the equation things you can pack stuff together very very tightly yeah, or just think about how much more life you might get out of some of those components mm-hmm. if they're it's standard, you know, standard distance, but better cooling, right? And so, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Other thoughts, Kevin? I, I think we've gone through most of your parts list here. And I'll, again, we'll post that at theaverageguy.tv slash HGG566 uh, here once we post this. But any other only, thoughts on this? When are you going to pull only- the trigger? Um, probably first part of April, uh, unless I get excited and do something before then, uh, I have got a, I got a business trip to Texas for a big project, but, uh, yeah, the only other thing is, uh, my, my overly, uh, enamored, uh, desire for cases to be really small. So, uh, one of the systems I currently have uses a thermal take, uh, core seven I, which is a good, well-rounded ITX case, uh, and then I've also got a Zigma Tech Nebula, which is another, uh, good case for that. Um, the, the case brand I'm overly enamored with, I've posted a few times, uh, on discord about is, uh, is John's bow. Um, these guys really seem to get small cases. So this, this V, I think it's V8 is the, the one, um, on the discord group I've also posted. They've got a, a five drive, uh, mini itx server case that's that's really quite cool the only big problem with john's bow is they're either in stock or they're not in stock so you know you you end up uh trying to track down their stuff can be can be a bit uh a bit difficult from that point of view um and uh and pricing can be kind of all over the place so likely i'll probably just stay with the uh thermal take and the zigma tech i have right now and i've got a couple of decent uh seasonic power supplies to shove in those so um it's one of the things even though i'm recycling i will probably recycle cases i'm usually pretty quick to put new power supplies in them to uh get things going again this one reminds me of the old HP microserver, right? Here. Yes. 
Yep. <laughs> they John John's John's has a couple of designs with this. Uh, yeah, this guy is a microserver kind of a knockoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mini ITX, uh, nice little cube design. Um, the other one is a little longer design that they have, but uh, you know, similar type of flow. So yeah, the the John's bow has built some uh, very good quality cases. So it's been very That's good. Their, their end too for those listening to us uh, on audio only. We're mm-hmm. looking at some of these cases. Of course, Kevin, if you're new to the if you're new to Home Gadget Geeks, you know Kevin uh, was kind of the expert in even even built a hard drive mod, right? Some, mm-hmm. some mounting cases for the for the Gen nine eight. I forget. Uh, Gen Gen. Yep, Gen 8 microserver. Yeah. And and actually I, I I should have grabbed a screenshot of it. Yes. <laughs> you can still find uh Gen 8 microservers still are very popular on eBay. Uh the the un there's a kind of a group of unraid guys who, you know, as as Microsoft has got it out of the OSs, but one of the old home server folks uh sent me a link one day to uh, an eBay uh, sale. Somebody was selling a microserver on eBay and, and in the title, they made a quick point to say includes Schoondoggy mod bracket. <laughs> so I, I, I knew I hit it big when not only oh. uh, an HP uh, Gen 8 microserver, but they, they threw in the much hallowed uh, four drive Schoondoggy bracket. And, and I, I actually still get, I still get emails of people asking me to make more of those things. And I, I have to tell them I can't. You yeah. Know? yeah. The big belly can hold. It says here <laughs> on it. And one, two, three, four, five down below your bracket was up on top over on the side, right? Yep. Where you could get an additional hard drive in there. Yeah. You could actually, um, the, the, the use case for it ended up being um, putting two and a half inch drives in there and uh, with stacking clips, you could fit four two and a half inch drives on it. So, mm-hmm. for those who had maxed out the front four bays, it gave you a way to pop four more drives in. And for those keeping track today, that doesn't sound like a good idea because two and a half inch uh, uh, 9.5 millimeter drives topped out at two terabyte. But keep in mind, we're talking about 20. 12 2013 kind of time frames when a two terabyte drive was not a bad thing yeah size wise so it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good in those days yeah we thought like 10 terabytes was a lot you know you'd (laughs) man if you had 10 terabytes i mean it's a lot of storage movies you could store (laughs) how many movies you could rip and store on that right oh yeah i mean it's just crazy to think of the Think of the uh, Schumacher, Jim Shoemaker says his HP uh, N40L, which I think is the one I had too, is still mm-hmm. running in, as an Unraid server. Yeah, yeah, they keep those those things keep chugging along. Not the most power in the world, and mm. you want to up, you want to upgrade yep. the RAM a little bit, but but uh, they still chug along. I mean, you wouldn't want to throw too too much at them. You wouldn't want them uh, transcoding, or you necessarily wouldn't want them, you know, doing any heavy lifting. But as a storage. Yeah, they, they they did yeah. well, you know, and towards the end of uh, home server days and we, we branched into a few other things. Um, what got to be popular with the gen eight uh, was the fact that it was a real HP server. So it ran ILO for its remote access yeah. and it ran their smart raid dynamic raid controller. So much at that point in time, a lot of folks were trying to, uh, better their career at work by learning networking. So you'd set up a Cisco home lab and you'd pick up an old Cisco firewall and a Cisco switch and, and set up a home lab. Well, HP in some of the dialogue that I and Dave McCabe and John Stutzman had with the HP folks is they caught on to that and they tried to help fuel us with things. Uh, and for a while there, you know, other than the home server aspect, it really turned into a home server lab kind of aspect mm-hmm. is, Hey, you, you can learn how to configure and set up raid controllers and learn how to use ILO for remote access and all these other things. And it's all the same stuff that the big, you know, the big HP Xeon servers do. Um, but you can get into it for not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think about Paul Brerin too, who's mm. got that whole lab lab concept. I mean, he's he he has made a career out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Paul's a great example of driving, you know, kind of that next wave then was virtualization. And Paul's been a big VMware advocate for a long, long time. And uh, his whole home lab for VMware thing was a phenomenal success. Very, mm-hmm. very, very empowering yeah. for people. Yeah. Tinkertry, tinkertry.com. If you want to check out Paul, he's he the, one of the most thorough dudes in the world. Like, Paul and I are opposite ends of that. I don't, I don't take, keep track of any details. He keeps track of all of the details. In, we, we, uh, I, I forget what trade show it was. I used to do a lot of trade shows back in my previous life. And Paul was, I think maybe working for IBM at the time. And he came over to our booth and we were just, geeking out and the two marketing people that were working the booth with me were smiling and nodding and paul finally left and and it it was kind of normal who the hell was that guy (laughs) yeah yeah wow like he's forgotten more than i know so (laughs) so it's uh yeah he's he's pretty amazing he does some pretty amazing stuff so Mm -hmm. good good friend of the show too so well, Kevin, I think with that we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap it. Good luck on this. Again, just mm-hmm. a reminder: we'll post the I'll post all these links that we we're talking about in the show notes. TheAverageGuy.tv/hgg because you're writing this down. Five six six. It's out there. Five six six. We'll get you there. And uh, if you've got, um, you know, if you want to join in on the uh, on the conversation around it. Uh, Kevin has posted this to the Discord group. You can add it to theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Uh, get that done and um, join in the conversation. This is, we're mid-March right now. He's going to probably pull the trigger here in a couple weeks. So you have to get in fast if you mm-hmm. want to be a part of the conversation. But I think that would be okay. Kevin, thanks for coming out and uh, filling in here. Uh, and and, and uh, just a great guy. I, it's great to kind of get back to some gear, you know, sure. and there's, I think we've all kind of gotten away from it because it's been easy just to buy the consumer products, but I'm kind of bored with the consumer products. You know, you're like, yeah. Oh, well, okay. I could buy another Kindle fire or, <laughs> you know, or I could do some fun. Yeah. I could do something fun. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. I agree. Thanks for having me on. So no. a lot of fun. Good. Good to have you. Anything uh, as you think about summer or fall besides the PC build, Anything else on the horizon you're looking forward to from a tech perspective? Um, you've kind of done some shows in the past. Is I, I bought a new car back around Thanksgiving. Um, almost headed down the EV path and did not. Um, my we've had too much snow this year for the 30 years that I've lived here. My <laughs> wife has told me I need a snow blower, and yep, our yep. driveway is not long enough. Uh, for me to justify it, but one of our neighbors has an electric snowblower and uh, an electric lawnmower. And, you know, I, I, I still restore old farm tractors when I get time to. So I like tinkering with old gas engines, mm-hmm. except when I need to mow my lawn. Yeah. So yeah. the, the idea of heading into the summer months from a technology point of view, I'm really kind of interested in, you know, it, I think it might still be, too soon for me, but I, I'm very enamored with uh, electric, uh, mm-hmm. battery-operated uh, lawn and garden and mm-hmm. snow removal and that would kind you, of stuff. Would you get a robot? Would you get a robot lawnmower? If, I, I don't know, know if I'd do a robot yet, but yeah. just getting something that uh, that is electric might be my, yeah. my first start. Okay, okay. They're getting really good. I still think mm-hmm. we're a couple years away, but... Seeing some prototypes and some ones that are showing up, you know, of course they're a thousand bucks, right? Twelve, mm-hmm. fifteen hundred bucks. It's that I can get a pretty nice mower for that price, you know. Oh yeah, one that I push type deal. Um, snow blowers are the same way. I'm not exactly sure. Your snow is like ours, where sometimes it's thick and heavy. And yes, yep. you got to get a lot of battery to make that make sense, you know. And you're like. I mean, yeah, the torque is good, but once you've used the torque, the batteries are kind of, you know, come up against a tough spot and have that thing kind of grind on it for a second. And you've used, you know, 70% of your battery. And it's Agreed. Like, right. And, and in the EV shopping uh, with the idea of maybe getting an electric car, 
Um, several of my, once again, most of my engineering team is in San Jose and several of them own Teslas and love them. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, electric no, cars are great cars, but here but they're in, not snow plows either. Well, right? they're, they're, they're not snow plows and the EV, <laughs> the EV group I belong to up here. You know, a lot of guys were posting on some of these sub zero days, their battery life was yeah. 50%. Right. So it, right. it dropped by right. half. Now yeah. those were smaller vehicles. They, you know, Tesla batteries seem to handle cold weather better, but a lot of the, the, the little, the Chevy Volt and things like that, um, they, they, it gets below zero. Those batteries go down really, really fast. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think about parking it in, you know, the parking lot at Gallup and it's 10 below, you know, through the afternoon. And then you go out there and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) listen, we're all going that it's headed that direction for sure. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be there. They're going to figure these things out. Right. Um, I do like, I love the idea of these, running all the time lawnmowers, these robot lawnmowers, they're running all the time. They're not bogging down. It's not like they're mowing. You know, you think about if you go on vacation for two weeks and you come back and you get your lawnmower out and it's been raining and it's thick, wet grass, an electric lawnmower going to struggle, right? It's going to struggle to finish that thing where you got a robot lawnmower that's just mowing it every day, regardless of whether it's raining or not, keeping that Mm -hmm. thing, you know, nice fit. I love that concept. And I think it's the perfect, I think it's the perfect place for it. You bring them in in the winter, they, they live inside, bring them inside to keep those batteries fresh. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that idea. Yep. So we'll, we'll have to see. I think we still got a ways to go. I think that's the next evolution of batteries is cold weather, by the way. I think I that's agree. the, yeah. I think that's where somebody figures it out. Well, Kevin, again, thanks. Can you hang tight for one second as I Absolutely. wrap this up? Okay. Yep. Hang tight for me. A uh, couple things on the way out. One, if you want to leave us a message, if you want to head out to homegadgetgeeks.com, you can leave a message there. A question, a comment, whatever, we'll play it on the show. I always appreciate that. If you got an email you want to send me or you got some feedback on it, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Of course, we thank Maple Grove Partners for their, their support and sponsorship of the site. Um, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust and you know that's Christian. Head out to maplegrovepartners.com. Plans still start 10 bucks. Last time I talked to Christian, not planning on raising prices, at least not today. So I would, I'd lock it in. If you need to decide, I'd lock in ten bucks uh, with him, or as little as ten bucks, depends on what you're getting. But uh, MapleGrovePartners.com. Don't forget check out HelloFresh. If you, uh, they, they've kind of upped the savings over there at HelloFresh, and so what used to be forty bucks is now a hundred and ten dollars, uh, which is kind of crazy. Save as much as a hundred and ten dollars on your first five boxes. That first 40 bucks is just the first week alone. So you can check it out over there. Uh, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash HelloFresh. We're just loving it. We just keep doing it. It's it's one of those things, like, if I had to stop doing it because of inflation, Kevin, I would be, I'd cry. <laughs> I'd cry. I love I love my HelloFresh. It's just one of those things we just keep doing. We just had one last night. It was super, it was super good. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Uyghur next week, Aaron Lawrence the week after that. So we got some folks coming up. I talked about Mark Robson coming uh, four or five weeks for uh, a barbecue show, barbecue and grill show. We'll be back. So stay close. Brian says, enjoyed the conversation. Learned a lot of PC. So good. Glad you did, Brian. Thanks for coming out. We'll be here next week with that. We'll say goodbye.